This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. Hey, we're beginning a brand new series today. We're calling it All In. And for, for years, we did something at the, the very beginning of the year. We would have a series called All In at the very beginning of the year, every year. And we didn't do it last year. But I just felt, it just really sensed in my heart, we needed to get back to this especially during the first quarter of the year, and really hit on some, some things. And uh, one of the scriptures, and this is not in your notes, but it's, it's just, you know, I, I just keep thinking about it, keep thinking about it, so I'm going to read the scripture to you. And by the way, if, when you came in, if you received a worship guide, there's, there's, there's message notes in there. And we also have these nifty little binders out there at Relate Central. They're at no charge to you. And so you've already paid for them anyway, so they belong to you. I mean, you, so you've already paid for all those. And so get one. You can put your notes in there and go back and look at it, you know, later on. And, and so I know people, they've already filled up two, two or three of those, those binders. And so get them, and for posterity's sake. And so you can go back and you can look at it. But anyway, in 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, in verse 15, Paul said this, And I will very gladly spend... And be spent for your souls. I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. What Paul was saying is, hey guys, I'm all in on this. I'm not devoting just a portion of my heart to to you. I'm not just devoting a, a portion of my life to you. I am all in. I, I, I am completely in. There's nothing in me that I'm holding back. As a matter of fact, in another place, he said, I did not fail to present to you the whole gospel of the Lord Jesus. Amen. He said, I am all in. doesn't matter what it costs me. It can, it, it, even if it costs me all my money or if it costs me all of my life, I am all in. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you today for your word. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit who is our teacher. We look to him today to to instruct us, to open up our eyes and open up our hearts and reveal the word of God to us. Father, we thank you that the Holy Spirit today motivates us, inspires us, and provokes us to do all of your will in these last days. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know, today is also Super Bowl Sunday, and this is actually my anniversary of the day that that I gave all my heart to Jesus. It was Super Bowl Sunday, 1986. I don't don't even know how many years ago that was, but it was a, it's kind of like, I don't even know how old I am, right? So uh, anyway, it was a few years ago. Somebody do the math and tell me real quick. 32 years ago. And, and man, and I'm not going to go into that testimony this morning, but man, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad that Jesus found me. I didn't, I didn't find him. He found me. And I wasn't looking for him. He was looking for me. Amen. So he found me. And so, but today is Super Bowl Sunday. And so I, I don't know about you. I don't have a team in this game. My, my team got X'd out in the first week of playoffs. And, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I don't have, or the second week of playoffs. Well, might as well have been the first because they're not, they're not at the end. So. Uh, but I can guarantee you something about this. I can guarantee you something about the, the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots. I, today, they will be all in. Yeah. 
they're going to be all in. They're going to leave everything on the field. Man, they're going to they're risk life and limb to, to win this game. This is it. This is the big one. This is what, what all the preparation went for. This is what, what all the other games went for is to get to this place. And I guarantee you this, they're going to leave it out there. Every bit of it. Anybody, do we have any uh, Eagles fans in here? Oh, let me, no, no, let, let me say it like this. Do we have any anti-Patriots fans in here? That's what I meant to say. All right. So, all right. All right. So, uh, you can't really fault the winner, though, can you? And so, anyway. Uh, but they're going to leave it all out on the field. Every bit of it. They're, they're going to they're go all in. I want you to look at a scripture with me in Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Uh, and you've, you've, you've probably heard this scripture or read this scripture hundreds of times, and, uh, but that doesn't make it any less applicable to you and I. It doesn't make it any less powerful. And there's things in this scripture that you and I have not seen yet, that we have not considered yet. Amen. And so we just want to dive a little bit deeper today. We're going to look at some things and take it out of the realm of theory, and we're going to bring it into the, the, just the practical realm. Amen. So in Matthew, the 22nd chapter, there is... Uh, there was someone who came to Jesus. He was a doctor of the law. We could say he was an attorney or whatever. And he came to Jesus. And he said in verse 36, he says, Teacher, and, and, and he wasn't being respectful because he's not, he's not trying to really get something out of Jesus. He's trying to trap Jesus in something. And so he said, Hey, teacher, you know, just kind of being disrespectful. He said, What, what is the most important commandment? In the law of Moses. I mean, what's the big one? And they're, so they're trying to trap Jesus. And, and Jesus answered and he said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. You must, no, notice, not a suggestion. He said, yeah, but Pastor Chuck, that's the law of Moses. Well, I don't think that God would expect anything less from us under this law, age of grace than to love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. And then he goes on to say it like this, and the second one is equally important. So he, he didn't say it's a little less important. He didn't say it's more important. He said it's equally important. And he said this, love your neighbor as yourself love your neighbor as yourself and the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments so what are these two commandments what is it that 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 jesus the head of the church the one that we profess the one that we were singing about today the one that we we follow the one on who under whose banner we stand what did he say? He said, you shall love the Lord your God with a piece of your heart, with a portion of your heart. No, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And then Luke adds, and all your strength. How many of you believe that, that that's for us today? And we are to love him like this. And I know we would all just say, oh, yeah, that's right. And, and we get all the feels. And, and a lot of times we have the feels for God. And, and we like it when we, you know, when we can sense his presence. And, and man, we can come into this corporate gathering and we just sense his presence. And, man, we, we worship him. And, and we jump and we clap. But how many of you have found out if you're married 
that love goes way beyond a feeling. It's more than a feeling. Let me, let me, let me, just, let me just sing the Boston song to you. It's more than a feeling. It's, just, it's more than a feeling. And so uh, it's more than a feeling. Amen. And so Jesus said, you got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and love your neighbor to the same degree. Is that right? As yourself. Love God. Now, there, I mean, from the very beginning, God was after wholeheartedness. From the very beginning, he, that's what he demanded. When he, when he appeared to Abram and he was going to cut a covenant with Abraham and, and, he, 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 and he, he wanted Abraham in this place of blessing. And he told Abraham, he said, hey, you walk before me. You be wholehearted. He said, you know, King James says perfect. It just means wholehearted. You be wholehearted. And if you're wholehearted, I'm going to make a covenant with you. And it's going to be an everlasting covenant. It's going to be for you, and it's going to be for your descendants. And here's the covenant. I will bless you, and I will bless those who bless you. Amen? And so that's why we should always stand on the side of Israel. That's why we should always stand on their side, because God said, I will will bless those who bless you. Right? I will bless those who bless you. And so God's always been after wholeheartedness. He always wants, wants all of us. He wants, he wants every part of us. He doesn't want a portion of our life. He wants the totality of our life. Can you say amen? amen. In, uh, in Mark, the eighth chapter, verse 34, and he, Jesus said this. He said, calling the crowd, then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, everybody say follower. You know, a lot of times we refer to ourselves as Christians. Christians is not really, it, it's not really, it's not a word that Jesus ascribed to his followers. The word Christian, it was actually it meant to be a derogatory term in the book of Acts. He had unbelievers that, well, they're Christians. And it was really a mockery. But Jesus always referred to his followers as believers or followers or disciples. And, you know, I think we ought to refer to ourselves like Jesus referred to us. I mean, somebody say, well, I'm a Christian. We know what it meant. But, you know, you could check Christian on a job application. That doesn't really mean anything. I mean, you could be a Christian and get away with a lot of stuff. But when you say, I'm a follower of Jesus, that I'm wholly devoted to him, and my heart is fully towards him, there's stuff you can't get away with. So if you want to be my follower, you must. Now, get this. Some of you might decide you don't want to be his follower today. He said, if you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. (laughs) Well, I got rights. (laughs) Not if you're a follower. I don't. You don't. We got to give up our own way, take up our cross, and follow him. Do you know in order to follow him, you have to follow him? Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I mean, isn't that deep revelation? If you're, going, if you're going to follow him, you must follow him. So there are, a lot of, there are a lot of people who identify as Christians, but they're not followers. And Jesus even put a, he put a, a, a differentiation between those who believed on him and his disciples. In, in John 8, 31, he said, Jesus said to those 
those who believed on him, if you continue in my word. In other words, you, you depart from your way and you, ter- and you continue in my way, then are you my disciples. Then are you my disciples. When are we dis- his disciples? When we depart from our way and we do it his way. When we follow him. Then are you my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Amen. So to be a follower of Jesus requires us to be all in for him. Everybody say all in. in. It requires that we deny ourselves. It it requires that we take up our cross. Amen. Amen. Now, I hope you get blessed this morning. This is what I got. All right. So so when we're talking about love for God, when we're talking about loving God with all of our heart, let me tell you what we're not really talking about. Love for God and others is not based on our feelings. So it's not about feelings. There's some mornings I wake up, I don't feel saved. Huh? Usually after my nap on Sunday. <laughs> so there's some mornings I, I, don't, I don't feel saved. There are some days I don't feel spiritual. I don't feel qualified. Right? But you can't go by feeling. And so love, uh, love for God and others is not based on our feelings. How we love God and others is not left to our private interpretation. You cannot decide how you want to love God and others. What did Jesus say? He said in John 15, he said, um, he said by this will all people know that you're my disciples, my followers, if you have love one for another, then he said this. He said that we are to love one another as he loved us. Not how you think. Not how, not how you want to. Not how you interpret love. No, we got to love him and each other like he said. So it's not left up to our private interpretation. Uh, love for God and others. Now get this. It requires action. It requires action. Like faith, love requires some corresponding actions. Paul said that if if you say you have faith, but yet you don't have any corresponding actions, your faith is dead. And so love, like faith, must have some action to it or it's not love. Are you listening? So it's not about the feels. It's not about the fuzzies. It's not about the goosebumps. It is about a decision. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciples, see, that's a choice. If you want to be my followers, if you want, you've got to go all in if you want to be my follower. Amen. Jesus said in John 14, 15, he said, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I know people have tried to twist that scripture around and say something like, well, if you love me, you'd keep my commandments. If you love me, that's not what he said. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Meaning if you don't keep my commandments, it's proof that you don't love me. So, well, I don't know about that, Chuck. Well, let me give you one more, John 14, 21. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. That's right. That's right. Those who accept my commandments 
and obeyed them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. So how many of you know we're supposed to love God? How? Huh? All our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. That's how we're supposed to love him. All right. Uh, Paul, in writing to the, to the church in Ephesus, he said, and I'm reading from the message, he said in verses 1 and 2, he says, watch what God does and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love us. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us but to give everything of himself to us. And that's how we're to love God. And that's how we're to love others. We must very gladly be willing to spend and be completely spent for others and for God. I'm glad y'all are excited about this. All right, so let's take this out of the, let's just take this out of the realm of just uh, theory and agreement and adherence and just this mental assent. Oh yeah, we love God. I love God with all my heart. I love God with all my soul, my mind, my strength. I love him and I love everybody. I just, I just love everybody. Like Norval Hayes used to say, he said, honey, even, you know, uh, even bluebirds love the Lord. But let's just take it out of the realm of theory. And let's just get real practical to it because I believe, I, I, believe, I believe that God wants to give us some handles, something that we can walk out and say, and this is how I do it. This is how I love God completely, and this is how I love other people completely. And so this is not private interpretation. This is the word. And so Jesus said to those who believed on him, if you continue in my word, if you continue in my way, then are you my followers. Right? Then are you my followers. So let me give you three ways that we demonstrate that we're, we're all in for our love for God and others. Number one. I demonstrate I'm all in for God and others when I serve others. Did you know that you and I are the most like Jesus when we're serving someone else? He said that I came into the world not to, not to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom. What does that mean? <laughs> I'm going all in on this. Jesus went all in for you and I. He went completely in for you and I. In, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, Paul said, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave or a servant and was born as a human being. 
So I want you to notice this. So let me just tell you what we're going to do today. I'm going to just lay, I'm going to lay the groundwork for this whole month. Okay, and then we're going to go back and we're going to deep dive in each one of these, these things that we're going to talk about today. Okay, but number one, I, I demonstrate my love for God and others when I serve others. Galatians 5.13 says, For you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, not just to do what you want to do. Not just do, you, you're free, but you're not free to just to do whatever you want to do. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Use your freedom. You see, only free people can serve people. Only free people can serve people. Amen? No, because if you're all caught up, well, I'm, I'm, I'm too, I've come too far to serve. And I'm too spiritual to serve. You're not free. You're bound. Only free people. I mean, just think about Jesus. He came. He brought his disciples around him. And, man, he got down on his knees. And he got that water and that towel. And he began to wash their feet. Only free people can serve people. And you and I are the most like him when we're serving others. So let's have that attitude of a servant. Amen. So, let me explain how to begin. Let me explain how to begin this. Uh, we have what we call around here the dream team. The dream team. Everybody on the, uh, everybody in here that's on the dream team, shout, "Woo!" <laughs> Good portion. All right. We have what we call around here the dream team, and the dream team are people who are serving. Those every Sunday, those who are here and those who are not here yet. I mean, they're just making this place welcoming so people can come in and have a great worship experience. I mean, from the parking lot, uh, from all the way from the parking lot to the platform. I mean, everything between. And so working with the kids and checking people in and directing traffic and telling people where to sign up for stuff and cleaning and sweeping and and, uh, you know, making coffee and, and, and on and on and on. That's the dream team. Amen. And so, so the dream team is designed to give every person who calls Relate Church a home an avenue to really use their gifts to serve God and to serve others in a spirit of humility and love. Amen. Amen. So look, if, if this is your church... I'm not going to leave you alone about this. If, because, look, you're saved by grace, but you're rewarded according to your works. You're not going to get any reward in heaven just because you're saved. You'll get to heaven, but you'll only get a reward for serving. You'll only get a reward for your works. Amen. And so I, I'm encouraging everybody here, if you say, this is my church, be a contributor, not just a consumer. Amen. I mean, give back. Give back. Amen. Give back. I mean, not for me, but for those who are not here yet. And for you. You need this. Amen. So, you know, we have what we can say, well, how do, I, how, how do I get on the dream team? Well, we have what we call starting point. Starting point is a four-step class. We do it in four consecutive Sundays. We do it every Sunday. Every Sunday. We, we have well, every first, second, third, fourth Sunday. We have starting point during our second, 
during the second hour, and we do it right back here in the administrative offices. And in four Sundays, we'll take you through this process to help you discover your gifts so you can make a difference in someone else's life. And even if you don't, today is step one. Great day to jump in. But even if you don't hit step one, you can jump in anytime. You can do the steps out of order. We don't care. We just want you to get involved. But you don't even have to wait to go through that. Just find somebody that's got one of those white stickers on and say, hey, tell me how to get involved on the dream team. And, man, they'll help you. They'll get you plugged in right away, and then, and then you can jump into starting point. But everybody say, say I, I want to be on the dream team. I be on the dream team. Did everybody say that? Okay. <laughs> God's looking for your availability, not your ability. Amen. Just make yourself available. Number two, I demonstrate I'm all in for God and others when I practice generosity. When I practice generosity. Uh, you know, we don't talk about money too often around here. And, and I'm not saying that's right because, you know, the Word of God, Jesus talked about money. Out of 16 out of 38 parables, he talked about money. And so I'm not saying that, hey, look at me, we don't talk about money. I, I don't talk about money enough because I just don't want you to feel like there's any pressure on you. But here's the deal. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up just a second. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So there, there, money is really tied to some things in our life. And so Paul in 2 Corinthians 8, he talked to people, he said, he said, through your giving, through your generosity, you're really proving the sincerity of your love. I'm not going to take the time to read it, but you, you could read in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 12. He said, uh, he said, I'm proving the sincerity of your love because you're giving. Everybody say generosity. 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 So let, let me explain how we can begin to be generous. First of all, be a tither. If this is your church, you ought to tithe. You say, well, what's a tithe? Somebody call it a tithe. It's not a tithe, it's a tithe. A tithe is 10%. Of what you bring in. Hey, be a tither. God will bless you for it. He will bless you for it. And so some people say, well, y'all must never need money. You don't ever talk about it. Look, our vision will always be bigger than our budget. It'll always be bigger. So if we don't talk about it, doesn't mean that it doesn't mean we're believing. It doesn't mean we're not believing for stuff. Hey, we got a building we're building over there. Amen. And so, uh, you know, we're Tithe. So that, that's, if you're not doing that, that's, that's ground level. That's, that's base level. But today, I want to introduce to you a brand new team that I'm starting. And it's called the Legacy Team. It's the Legacy Team. The Legacy Team is for anyone who's, who believes that God has given them the gift of giving. And that is an actual gift in Romans chapter 12. We'll be discussing that in a few weeks. But it's called the legacy team. And the legacy team is for people to say, Pastor Chuck, hey, I believe that God has given me the gift of giving. And if there's anything the church ever needs, if there's a project that you ever want to get done, whether it's missions or whether it's, you know, it's uh, uh, expansion or whatever, he said, I would like to know about it. And let me say, you would, know that, you would know that you probably don't have the gift of giving if when somebody talks about money, you get irritated. Every time we talk about money, devils get stirred up. People get angry and leave. 
So you might not have the gift of giving <laughs> if talking about giving <laughs> bothers you so bad. So anyway, <laughs> so the legacy team, it's just, you say, Pastor Chuck, I, you know, I, I'd really like to know. And there's people like that. They, they just, they would really like to know. And so you say, well, how, how do I sign up? Well, this is where we're going to start. We have a project. All right, guys, y'all can, y'all can come now. Sorry about that. How many of we, we got a building going, and we're, we're a few months away from being in. So, you know, as we were setting the budget for the building, we, we had a, an allowance for some chairs. And they were chairs kind of like this, and, and these are fine. The, these chairs are fine. I mean, you, they, they sit just as well as, well, no, not just as well as these. <laughs> but they, they, sit, they sit fine. But we're going to have... 500 and something chairs and keeping all these things straight all the time. I'm giving you reasons why we're going to do this instead of this. Keeping all these, these things straight, it's going to be a pain. We can get more of these than we can get these. This gives a really nice finished look to our auditorium. How many of you believe it ought to, it ought to look the best we can make it look? It's just... It looks the best. So we're going with these. Now, this isn't the color, but this is the chair, and there's actually three sizes. So this is the smallest of the three, and so there will be interspersed. There will be some bigger ones. There will be some smaller ones, but we're going with this. Here's the good news. We have half of the money for it, okay? So we have, we have half to go. Let me, just, well, let me just say it like this. For $71 a chair, $71 a chair, we can finish this up. 71. So you're, you're probably doing the math. So those are 140 a piece, right on. 140 a piece that's delivered, that's installed. I mean, because they're, they're bolted to the floor, so that, that's everything. $140 a piece. So $71 a chair. And for calculate 550 chairs, and they're going to. They they're pulling measurements and getting an accurate floor plan. It's probably going to be a little less than that, but they told us just a rough estimate. 550 chairs, $71 a chairs will be done with this, okay? And so you say, and I know there's people, you could, you could write that other half out right, I mean, you could just write it out right now. You say, well, Pastor Chuck, who's got that kind of money? There's people who got that kind of money, but I mean, not me, but there's people that got that kind of money. <laughs> and just write it out and we'll be done, and that's great. So you can just get started on that, all right? So how many of you like this? Man, this is, this is nice. People walk by, you just stand up, and you don't have to do all that shit, and you just get out, all right? Everybody say generosity. generosity. You say, well, I don't, I don't want to do that. I think these chairs are just fine. Okay, well, you don't have to give to it. Absolutely no pressure. No pressure. I'm going to give to it because I like that chair. Amen? So no pressure. It's, it's going to be nice. All right. Number three. I demonstrate I'm all in for God and others when I choose to live in community. Did you know that God did not design you and I to be isolated people? He, he designed us for community. He, he designed us to group together and designed us to do life together. And I, I, I tell you, we is better than me. We is better than me. And, and so God has designed us this way. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12, says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. 
If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I want you to notice what he said. He said, there's a good reward for their work. Amen. And so today we're launching small groups. And so our small groups, they're, they're broken down into what we call eight hubs. So we've got, we've got serve groups, which is our outreach. We have women's small groups. We have men's small groups. We have student small groups. We have freedom groups. We have family groups. We have marriage groups. We have prayer groups. So eight hubs that all of our groups are broken down into. And so there's multiple groups. And so, you know, what we want to encourage everybody to do, you say, this is my church. If, if you're not involved in small groups, you're missing one-fourth of what we do as a church. So we're asking everybody just to, to join a small group, get involved in a small group. And I just want to, I want to particularly highlight one of these hubs this, this morning because it's so important, our freedom small groups. I, I just want to highlight that freedom is a 13-week curriculum that we take people through and and, and really, it would be my heart's, without getting all, into all the weeds of it, it would be my heart's desire that every single person at Relate Church went through freedom groups. It, it would do you good. It would teach you to live out of the tree of life rather than the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen. And so you need life in your life. And so it will teach you just from, just, you know, all the, don't do this, do this, right and wrong, and, and just living out of this abundance of life. And so... It's a, it's a 13-week curriculum with a, with a retreat, a one-day retreat right here at the church at the end. And it is powerful. Any, any, all, hey, all of y'all have been involved in freedom say it's powerful. It's, it's a powerful, powerful time, and your life will be changed. And so you say, well, I, that sounds like something I'd like to do. Well, then I, 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 would, I would ask you to sign up for a freedom group. Just get your name on the list. So... Everything we do is sign up from, if, if you want to give to our chair fund, all you, and you're doing it through smart giving, you know, texting, some of you do that, all you got to do is put the amount, 35, 40,000, and then put chair, <laughs> chair out beside it, and it'll go, it'll go right to that, all right? Or $100, what, I mean, whatever it is that you want to do. And so it's small groups. We're going to have people out in the lobby in just a minute, and they can help you get signed up in small groups. We've got a catalog out there with small groups. And if you want to, if you want to browse through and you can uh, sign up for a small group online, there's going to be people out in the lobby that's going to help you sign up. But get in a small group. And they're 13 weeks. And so if you don't like it, you've got an exit in 13 weeks. If you say, man, I don't like this group, well, then you've got a way out. All right? So you, you can get out. Amen? All right, everybody say, I want to be all in for God. Amen. You know, he, he was all in for us, and we should, we should be all in for him. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, we give you thanks and praise. We worship you. Lord, we thank you that you didn't hold anything back for you who did not spare your own son, but you delivered him up for us all. How shall you not also freely with him give us all things? But, Lord, we're standing before you today, and I believe that you're asking for all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind and strength. And so, Lord, I ask that we would examine our hearts right now, that we would look on the inside and, and ask ourselves, are we all in 
or if we just given a portion of ourself. So I ask that you deal with us. Father, I pray if there's anyone in here and they've never given Jesus their whole life, they've never been saved, they've, they're, they're, they're not in a relationship with you, I ask that you would move on them, that you would deal with them, knock on the door of their hearts right now. Everybody look up, man. I want two invitations today. Two invitations. Number one, you say, Pastor Chuck, I've, I've been kind of half-hearted or three-quarter-hearted. I haven't been completely in for God or, or others and serving others. I haven't been completely in. But I know that God wants me to be all the way. I know that God wants me to be all the way. I, wanna, I, I just want you to make that commitment in your heart. You don't have to do it in front of anybody else. You make that commitment to God. Say, I am all in from this day forward. You know, by your grace, by your help, I'm all the way in. Okay? And then there's some of you, you just need to start at the ground level and give Jesus all of your heart. Surrender your whole life to him. So let me ask you a question. I want you to listen to me real close. I'm, I'm asking, nobody get all your purses together and start clicking binders. Nobody get up and leave. Just sit real still just for a second. If you were to walk out of this room today and walk out into this parking lot and suddenly your heart stopped and you died and went into eternity, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? And I think most of us, I know for me, I, you know, I, I just always just assumed or wished or hoped that I would go to heaven when I died. I mean, nobody wants to go to hell if they have a choice, right? So would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? And somebody said, well, Pastor Chuck, I, I, sure hope I, I sure hope I go to heaven. I sure hope so. And that's, that's awesome. But nowhere in this Bible says that if you wish or you hope or you desire to go to heaven, will you go to heaven? If you can go to heaven, you have to do it his way. So, Pastor Chuck, I'm, I'm quite certain I'd go to heaven. I mean, I, I've grown up in church and... My, my grandma took me to church, and my mama took me to church, and I sang in the choir at church, and, you know, I, so I, I'm sure I'd go to heaven. But nowhere in the Bible does it say if you do all those things. Yeah. Does it say that you're right with God and that you're going to go to heaven? Those are all good things. But it doesn't make you right with God. So, Pastor, I believe in God. And I was always told, Honey, all you have to do is believe in God, and you'll go to heaven. I love, I love you and respect you enough to tell you the truth. Nowhere in this Bible does it say, if you believe that God exists, will you go to heaven? So, Pastor Chuck, I'm not an atheist. There's a lot of people who are not atheists, and they're not saved. Just believing in God doesn't get you to heaven. The demons believe in God, and they're not going to heaven. If you're going to go to heaven, you're going to have to do it God's way. Jesus, who is God, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. 
Jesus said you must be born again. That doesn't mean you're trying harder. That doesn't mean that you're promising to do better. That means that you surrender all of your heart, all of your life to him. It's an all or nothing proposition with God. He does not entertain a portion of you. He wants all of you, every part of you. So bow your head and close your eyes. I want to pray for you. If you're in here and you say, Pastor, I need to do that. I need to give Jesus all my heart and all my life. Please pray for me. Look, I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm not going to ask you to stand, but right there in the seat with an uplifted hand. If I see your hand, we'll, we'll pray. So here we go. I'm going to count to three. You lift your hand if, we're, if, if the Lord's dealing with you. One, two, three, right now. Thank you. I see your hands all over the room. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Good. That's great. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm going to look from my left to your right, I'm, and I'm, looking, I'm, I'm going real slow. If you want to be included in this prayer, thank you, sir. Thank you. Awesome. All right, let's all pray this prayer out loud together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I confess you as the Lord of my life. From this day forward, I will go all in for you. I will serve you with all of my heart. And I'll give you everything that I am. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me your life. Amen. Church, let's give these a real big hand, all right?